Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to If We Can Just Say. I am your host, Stephen Ogle. With me, as always, is my lovely wife, co-host, and dude man, Jessica Carter Ogle. <gasps> Hello, it's Jessica. I'm sorry, I had to hold my breath. I, I apologize. I was told that I wasn't allowed to breathe while he was making his introduction to me because apparently my breathing into the mic is so disastrous <laughs> that I must hold my breath during the intro. So, give me a minute here. It's all good, dude, man. Catch, catch my breath. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Happy Sunday. Yeah. Sunday fun day is what some people experience, not I. Not I, not you. Uh, two people that we know are experiencing a Sunday fun day are uh, birthday people today. We happy birthdayed them last week. Apparently, it's on the on the sheet to happy birthday them again well, this week. Well, because today's the actual birthday. Today is the actual birthday, two days before you listen to this podcast. December 3rd. December 3rd. Uh, Jared Coger. Woohoo! Happy birthday, buddy. And... Katie, my cousin Katie. Happy birthday. I just talked to her. I want to wish her a very happy birthday. Yep. Enjoying the Florida sunshine while I'm enjoying the Michigan rain. Uh, but whatever. It yeah. is her birthday, so I guess it's fine. Michigan awful. Yes. So happy birthday to them. Yep. Well, we've had quite a Sunday so far. Uh, we have. Your dad helped fix uh, the faucet on our sink in the kitchen came loose once again. And uh, yeah, your dad came over to help fix that because he's got tools that i don't have it came loose like so weird over the summer i think is when it initially happened i think your mom's birthday party is when it happened i don't know how it happened but no idea it got loose and it got tightened and then it got loose and got tightened again and we've got like one of those stupid double sinks that everyone hates and likes farm sinks now and so you couldn't even like turn it to go on the other sink, it would like flop itself back. So my dad came over and fixed it. Him and Steven made an Ace Hardware run. So thank you, Dad. I very much appreciate that. Yeah, so now it's working like a regular regular faucet now. And while they were doing that, so I found this random recipe. And you guys let me know if you've ever heard of it called a pineapple casserole. I've never heard of it before. Apparently, it's like a southern recipe. Um, I had never heard of it. Yeah, it's like pineapple and cheese and flour. And like it sounds quite disgusting, if I can be honest. And I wouldn't tell Stephen what was in it because he's like a child when it comes to food. So if he knows what goes in it, he can't eat it. I mean, this is the man who hates mayonnaise and hates relish but loves tartar sauce. So enough said. <laughs> Two things that I don't like together. Two wrongs do make a right oh, in that case. Oh, gosh. So anyway, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm going to make it today and test it out because it's a southern casserole, I guess. And they say it pairs well with pork. And for Christmas, I'm having ham. And I was like, this could be like a cool side if it works, even though it sounds gross. So I went to make it this morning and I realized I only bought one can of pineapple. So as my kitchen is mid casserole, like everything is halfway made, I yell up the stairs to Steven, I have to run to Kroger. And I like run out of the house to go get my can of casserole or my can of pineapple to come back and finish my casserole. So I did. I ran up there. I came back and I have to like get the casserole going, get it in the oven, get the sink cleared out for my dad to come and fix it. And when I get back, Steven's like, this kitchen. Yeah. Um, there were... Drawers open, <laughs> cabinets open. We have those, uh, the we have the uh, sliding drawers that are in the cabinet. There was a cabinet open with a drawer slid out. <laughs> there were drawers pulled out with where, where all our dishes are. Like it was a whole thing, and I was just like, "What in the world is going?" It's like a tornado came through here. The sink was like dirty with tons of stuff in it, all stuff all over the counter. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. In this I place. am a good cook. 
but I am a messy cook. So while I'm cooking, things I have things going. I have things, but I clean up quick and everything. I'm not like, this is not a cooking show, you know, when they're like, <laughs> oh, here's the little dish and I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. Yeah, get out of here, lady. So it's real. You want to see real cooking? Come to my kitchen. Oh, boy. It is something. Needless to say, the casserole was... Fantastic. I was shocked. I was scared to take a bite. And my parents were over, and I offered some to my dad. And let me tell you, he is the toughest, harshest critic of food. And I was like, there's no way this man's going to like it, but I'm going to offer it to him. He liked it. He was like, oh, this is good. So I'm going to make it for Christmas, change it up, and have an actual like new side dish for Christmas, which I don't think we've had a new Christmas thing in years. Who knows? So I'm excited. I'm the wrong person to ask about that. What do you mean? I don't know what we had outside of ham every year. You don't know what else we eat for Christmas? Nope. You don't know that we have potatoes with ham or pierogies? You don't know that we have a Polish-themed Christmas? I don't always remember Kibasa. that. I don't always remember that on my own, no. It's uh, once a I'm year. I'm disgusted by you right now. It's one we day out of three. We this in our home. It's one day out of 365, and I, I mean, like, I eat a lot of food in 365 days. I don't remember what I eat on one day specifically sometimes. I don't know about you guys, but for me in our marriage, there comes moments in conversation <laughs> where I just look at him and I say, I would appreciate it if you didn't talk to me for five minutes. <laughs> I would just like five minutes where you didn't talk to me. And then, I, so I could just sort of reset our relationship. So on the podcast, in honor of that, we're going to have the next five minutes be silent. <laughs> oh, I wish. That'd be the first time he honors the request while we're doing a podcast. Oh my gosh. That's anyway, yeah. what else is new, you Yahoo? Um, Yahoo. This Yahoo got some more tattoos. Ah, Yahoo tattoo. Yeah. Um, working on my sleeve. I don't my know how. Sleeve. If you it's, were to ask me, uh, the sleeve is done, but I guess not. No, the sleeve is not done. The lightning has not been completed. Uh, it's very the, blue. There's some aura. Wow. She's saying that because uh, after talking to JR. It is very blue, though. <laughs> it is because that's what he mainly did yesterday was was blue. Uh, was blue. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's, uh, man, there's a lot of blue going on. He's smiling like a little kid on Christmas. But... I Which love it because I can happy. See, I can see where it's going. The lightning, all, there's all the spots for the lightning. It's going to be cool. I got uh, an arrowhead with my father's initial on it, which That's is cool, cool. Which is his actual like, like my mom sent me a picture of his actual. My dad had a signature, um, and he made his uh, T's look like a seven, and uh, I gave that to Jr. and he superimposed it onto an arrowhead, and then. Put that as part of the stencil for the tattoo. Yeah, that's um, cool. And that's on there, and that's really cool. Uh, there'll be more color to go in the, into the arrowhead, which will be sweet. So that was really the only new item that got put on besides shading. Um, and so for the rest of the arm, it's going to be he's going to redo all the lightning on my entire arm the next time, and a couple of more shading things, and uh, this arm will be done the next time I think. So. That'll be really sweet because we've been working on this now for eight years. I feel like I am married to the embodiment of the illustrated man. <laughs> that just reminds me of the Johnny Winter song, Illustrated Man. It reminds me of the Ray Bradbury book, The Illustrated Man. Yeah. But anyway, hey, it makes you happy. Oh, man, I love it. I love the stuff that he uh, freehands. Like he made it, uh, The there's lines. Um, that are going directly into my 
uh, they line up to go into my vein on, uh, on my wrist on my left side, and 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 I love it. It's the it's the coolest thing. It looks like it's injecting itself into me. So it's. I will very say that's cool. cool. There are some things about it that's cool. I mean, everyone knows I'm not a tattoo gal, but as I've said before, like the art of it the technique of it is cool. Like that is cool. How it goes along your veins, which your veins look extra puffy on Friday and like extra because it was literally on your vein. So it looked like extra red, which almost looked kind of cool too then. Yeah. (laughs) Which obviously you don't want to stay like that. They're your veins, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, and it's fine now, but, um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I'm very excited. So I'll go back in March sometime, March or April and, uh, get it finished. Let this, give this time to all heal up and everything and then we'll go back and finish it and then move on to back to my or move back to my right arm and finish that one yep so shout out to jr eternal tattoos in east point if any of you are in the east point area or you want a tattoo they are doing a toy drive yes which we weren't aware of jr did not tell us or we would have contributed to that yeah so if you guys are in the area also in his booth he has some smaller stuff that he has drawn um, that are all his own designs. He drew like a really sweet raptor. Um, he's got a cool skull, got a butterfly, some flower stuff, but he's drawn some stuff himself. Um, You've he, got something of his too that yeah. you bought a while ago, yeah? Yeah, that I'll, that I'll get. He's very, he's a very, um, I mean, he's a talented artist. So it's not just like, he happens to be a tattoo artist. That's his medium, but he's a talented artist. Yeah, and, and the stuff he's he's drawn, he's got set up at his, at his, uh, in his booth i wish obviously he won't put that stuff up uh if it's not on somebody already because what happens is is somebody steals it oh for sure and so he don't he doesn't do that but he's got stuff in his booth and i highly recommend that you guys hit him up uh on social media uh tattoos by jr and on instagram um and we'll tag him in all of our stuff this week but i highly recommend if you're looking for a good tattoo with good color with good line work good artist original stuff JR is your man. Yeah. He is so good and he's he's uh uh well priced with his stuff. It's not overly expensive for some of the stuff that he's drawn. It's the smaller pieces. Um but man, he's just he's he's an overall good dude, but he is excellent. He's an artist. Yeah. And and I think it, it's an it's an unfortunate thing I think in our society that people don't recognize that tattooers are legit artists. Like, yeah, he's like a painter. Well, it's like you can. So I'm not a huge Picasso fan. I'm not that sort of painting isn't. But I mean, I recognize that Picasso's that's he's an artist. That yeah. talent. That's that might not be my favorite type of art to look at. That's not my, you know, very abstract art isn't always what I'm looking for, but it's still an artist. There's, there's sculpting, there's painting, there's watercolor, there's oil, there's all kinds of stuff, you know? And JR and I were talking about this because he's been doing this for 25 plus years. And, um, we were talking about how, like, I, I, I mentioned a second ago that he's, he's like a painter. Um, my dad, was a painter for those of you that knew my dad he would look at the color palettes for that for that uh color wheel thing and look at shades and he would know just by looking at the shades how it was going to react in certain environments and how it was actually going to come out he was a house painter right? yeah yeah house painter so he would look at like and you'd be like well i want this blue color it's uh 026 and next to it is 25 and and 27 and my dad would go well 26 is going to do this for you in the light 
but 27 is probably more what you're looking for based mm-hmm. on what you're saying. And JR knows that type of stuff when he's doing tattooing. Yeah. He knows it, he knows how your skin is likely to react, how the color is likely to be, how to mix the colors and how to make it look right. And yeah. I'm telling you like I've got the infinity stones from Marvel and the aura that's around these things, he's got such a small line of white around it and then a small line of yellow for the glow and then another line of white around that. And details. He, he, he did that in two sessions because he wanted, he knew that my skin would puff up from the two first lines and he knew he could come back after on my next appointment and put in another yeah. white line on the outside and it made it pop. And it's so cool because you can see it. It's yeah. clear as day. When you look at it, you can see, oh my gosh, there's white, there's yellow, and then there's white again. Yeah. And it's such a very small, fine line, but like he's so talented, he knows what to do on your appointment and knows that when you come back, he can do something else and and do the extra. So that's why a lot of times like I'm going with multiple appointments because he knows that my skin needs to you know, it swells, yeah. so it needs to calm down, it needs to heal up and all that kind of stuff, and then he can come back and add the next layer. Very cool. So, yeah, JR is a great dude. I love him, man. He's fantastic. Like I said, eight years. Spent a lot of time in the chair with him, and we get along great. He's a cool guy. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you got that done um, this week. Yep. And uh, I did Christmas wrapping while he was gone that evening doing that. So, like, you mean, like, you threw on, like, DMX and was, like, rapping with DMX? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Rudolph. Yeah. 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 Isn't that the, one, the end yep, of the Christmas one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I wrapped all of our Christmas presents, which was nice. I like to do that while he's getting his uh, December tattoo, usually, like, the evening or the Saturday that he gets that. Um, I do that, which is very nice. Yeah. I don't know why I always do that by myself, actually. But I don't I do. know either, because I've told you before that I would wrap gifts, and you still just do it all yourself. I don't know, yeah. Because I wrap yours, and then I just wrap everybody's. And I'm the main person that buys all of the gifts and takes stock in what we have for everybody. And so I wrap them and know like what it is. I don't even know if you know everything that we got everybody. But... I did, I did that, which was nice. It's hard to keep up with you. Yeah. I mean, you go to Target and you'll come back with seven more gifts, so I don't know. I, I, I haven't really like bought that many gifts from Target, but nonetheless. So, yeah, so that was nice. I did that. Um, watched some Christmas movies. Caught up on the talent of Virgin River, their last holiday episodes for this season. It was like, what a trip that show is. And <laughs> Soph and I just hung out. I enjoyed that. That was fun. And then we went to um, Ann Arbor. I feel like I went out with one of my friends earlier this week and we were talking and I was like, I feel like Steven and I haven't gone somewhere in forever. Like, I feel like we haven't gone on what a date or just gone out, so to speak, in forever. And we were supposed to hang out with one of our friends yesterday. She was supposed to come over, but she wasn't feeling good. And we were like, no, thank you then. Like, want you to feel good. And I'm still not over having had COVID in December on Christmas of 2021. So no, thank you. Not that she has COVID, but still, it's just PTSD. Yep. And um, so I was like, do you want to... We went to Ann Arbor. Like, we hadn't been there forever. We went to Carytown, and we went to the farmer's market, and this Catching Firefly store that we like. And we like to... I don't know why, but we like to eat vegan in Ann Arbor. And we like to go to the filling station and try different, like, vegan options. We're not vegan, but we like vegan food. And yeah. so we did that, and it was just so nice. Like, I feel like we haven't done something like that in forever. What what's cool is is that they had a uh, 
uh, hot chocolate with with you could have you had your choice of bourbon, tequila, vodka, or whatever, and I chose bourbon. Um, that was good. Man, it was fantastic. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I had no idea what I was getting into with that. Yeah, I was that like, was good. Wow, that was that was a game changer on hot chocolate. I'll tell you. Yeah. Woo, buddy. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, we that did. place is great. I highly yeah. recommend if you're vegan, if you're not vegan, if you just want to try something different, the filling station in Ann Arbor and carrying town is amazing. I mean, the thing is this, like, you know, I don't know people there's, uh, there's going to be the people out there that are extreme, like have to be vegan. Everything's got to be vegan. There's those people. And then there's the other side of that equation that are like anti-vegan and hate everything vegan. Oh, on principle alone. Yeah, on principle alone. And I'm one of those people that's like in between of like, oh, I'll try that and see what it tastes like. Cool. Yeah. All right. And and so I like stuff like the filling station. I feel like for us, the filling station has been a place where we've gotten something different every single time, and it's great food. I'm not going to eat vegan all the time, but like. There's some good vegan food out yeah. there. Just like there's good Mexican food, there's good uh, Italian food, mm-hmm. but there's also bad Mexican food and bad Italian food and bad vegan food. Yeah. But there's also good out there. For you sure. got to find the good. Filling, For sure. The filling station has got some excellent food. Oh, my food. God. They're so good. Oh, man. that uh, The TLT thing I had yesterday absolutely brilliant and yeah. they normally serve it on rye but i asked for like something else because sorry folks it was like I, a french I, I don't like rye but it was like a french bread and man was it brilliant like oh some of the best bread i've ever had in my life yeah it was so good it was great i had like a masala soup oh my gosh it was so amazing yeah and like a kale rice bowl like with grilled tofu like oh so good yeah and most I like it. what i like about vegan food is it's all about flavor. Like you're making things out, you're making things out of other things. And so you have to be creative. They use a lot of like Moroccan spices and a lot of Indian spices. And I like things like that. Like you can, there are so many spices out there that are not like hot and spicy. Like there's so many more spices out there than people even use and are familiar with. Yes. And I like a lot of the Indian spices and the Moroccan spices and things like that. And there's a lot of that in vegan food. And I like that. I mean, that's the thing. Like when you get Cajun food, it's about spice. It's not about hot. Yeah. You know, and I grew up with a, you know, Cajun family in Louisiana and getting their food. It's very different. It's like, I'm always scared. Cajun is spicy. It can be spicy on your stomach, but it's not going to be destroying your tongue. Like if you go to Texas your tongue's going to be set on right. fire. I don't like that. I don't it's, want my eyes watering and my, yeah, I want a flavor explosion, not like a hot flash explosion. Yeah. And I, I got that from my dad's side of the family being in Texas. I got the super hot and being yeah. in Louisiana, I got the lots of spices and flavor and a, 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 a seasoned flavor yeah. that's cooked into everything. Not just, you know, not just put on top at the end. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was a fun weekend. I think that we I think we had a good week, a good weekend. Like I'm excited for the holidays. Like from here on out, you know, we've got Fridays off um starting this coming week. We've got time off between Christmas and New Year. I'm really looking forward to and yeah. I think we're just trying to be just living in the moment and enjoying the holidays. I'm looking forward to your mom coming in and Yep. Um, and also coming along with the holidays, uh, we have the fact that the University of Michigan will most likely 
be the number one team in the country? Kazoo Knight. Oh, my. Um, they will most likely be the number one team in the country because yesterday Alabama upset Georgia in the SEC championship game. I bet Georgia was very upset. Uh, yeah, they <laughs> lost by three points. Um, and uh, it's just it, – it is absolutely – I don't think anybody thought that was going to happen. I mean, I know that's like what upset means, but I really don't think anybody thought that was going to happen. Um, I'm not shocked by it being Alabama because it's Nick Saban. Nick Saban is one of the greatest coaches in, in the country, has been for a very long time. Um, and Alabama has won the SEC championship game seven times out of the last ten. So I'm not completely shocked that they beat them. I am a little bit shocked, though, because Georgia hadn't lost a game in, like, almost three years. Yeah. Like, a, I mean, that's a hell of a record. They but were you can't, They it, were the team to beat, man. You can't. That stuff can't sustain forever. No. I that's mean, just the nature of it. That's the nature of the beast. Um, And, and they lost by three points, 27 to 24. And I... I gotta say, I I was talking to Ricky as as we talked about last week on the on the podcast going to the Ohio Michigan game, and I, I told Ricky I said I don't want Georgia to lose because I don't want Michigan going into the playoff being number one. There is way more pressure on the number one team than there is on anybody else when you have a four team playoff. Yeah. Um, and I just I was like I don't know that that's. That's not a good idea. It's better if Michigan's not the number one team going into it because then when they win that first game and they go into the championship, it looks better. It looks like, oh, you guys underestimated us. Yeah. Um, And now they're probably going to be number one because they're undefeated. They beat Ohio when Ohio was number two. Um, And uh, I, I just I don't see how they don't, they go anywhere into that playoff other than at the number one spot. The good news is is that they're guaranteed to get in. They're a shoe in to get in. Uh, Washington should get in, and Florida State should get in. They're all undefeated at thirteen and zero. Um, the fourth spot is where it's tricky. You have Texas, who is twelve and one. Their one loss um, was to uh, a ranked team earlier in the season. But uh, they beat Alabama. Okay. Alabama is twelve and one, and their one loss is to Texas. And then you have Georgia that's twelve and one, and their one loss is to Alabama. So now you have a three-way tie situation where the where the judges for the college football playoff they're gonna they have a hard decision to make because who do you take? Do you take Georgia, the team that's been the number one team for two years and finally lost the game by three points to number eight Alabama? Or do you take uh, Alabama that just beat the number one team in the country? Or do you take Texas because guess what? Texas beat Alabama, but Alabama beat Georgia. How do you decide though? Don't like, know. I don't understand. There's going to be some, two schools are going to be mad. There's going to be furious and hate college football. Um, but this is the last year of a four-team playoff. Next year, next year will be a sixteen-team playoff. Okay. Um, and if that was the case. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. It's going to be a 12 team playoff next year, I think. But if that was the case, then this this tie break uh, wouldn't even be an issue this year uh, because the top 12 teams, um, it's no question why they're in the top 12. So yeah, um, but that's the way it goes with college football. There's always some sort of controversy at the end of the season, um, and somebody's 
Somebody's going to be mad about not making it in. That's for sure. So, um, yeah. That's college football. So we'll see what happens. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, I'm sure the rankings will be out, but they're just not oh, out on definitely. a Sunday. Oh, definitely, yeah, but the rating, Tuesday morning. Yeah, the rankings should be out by Tuesday, I hope. And uh, I mean, all I really we'll ever have to say is go blue. I don't know anything else. Yep. So, so go blue. Go blue. <laughs> go Lions. Go Lions. Lions hope. are playing right now. So uh, Yes, yes, they are. I, I don't know what's going on. The Lions are beating the Saints 14 to nothing at this point in the first quarter. Oh, your mom doesn't like that. I'm sure she doesn't. That's tough for me. That's my two favorite teams. Hmm. They're in New Orleans. You live in Michigan now. You let go of everything else. No. Yes. I'll never stop being a Saints fan. Yes. I'm always a Saints fan. Never. Always a Saints fan. No. My dad was always a Saints fan. I will always be a Saints fan. Carry that all the way to the end. We're done. End of the line. So, yep, so that is uh, sports for this week. Cool. 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 Um, before we start album anniversaries, I do just want to say, oh, what? No, he go pointed ahead. pointed at me. Okay. I did. Um, he pointed at me with a dry erase marker, so I knew something serious was happening. <laughs> um, Taylor Swift has finally beaten out Bad Bunny for Spotify streams. He has held the record for the last couple years, and she has finally said, no, no, Mr. Bunny. You're out of here. <laughs> Swifties are taking over. Yeah, that's something. Go Tay-Tay. Wow, that is that you is know. something. T-Swizzle. Yeah, faux shizzle. Wow. Anyway. That is crazy. Yeah. So, in that vein, what do you got for us in the terms of uh, album anniversaries? All right. So, um, in the album anniversaries this week... Uh, the two that are going to be reviews that pop up on our blog, uh, Jess is going to be reviewing 16 Stone by Bush. One of the best albums ever in the history of the world or Jessica's youth. And I'm going to be reviewing uh, Trouble Man soundtrack by Marvin Gaye. Excellent. Yeah. Two excellent choices. Yep. Very different types of albums. Yeah, very different, but that's what we'll be reviewing. So, uh, But on to the other album anniversaries that we will uh, discuss here. Uh, the last album from Rage Against the Machine uh, is on its 23rd year anniversary from 2000, uh, Renegades. It's a covers album of which they did covers of Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan. This is a cool album. Yeah. Like, I mean, I literally would listen to Rage do anything. They could read me the night before Christmas. <laughs> they could. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, I but mean, but this this is cool, and I think it's a cool variety. Yeah, of they, music. They do a cover of Eric B. and Rakim's "Microphone Fiend," which is one of my favorite songs of theirs. Actually, they do "Kick Out the Jams" by MC Five. Um, that let's see, they do uh, "Renegades of Funk" by Africa Bombade. Uh, Devo's cover "Beautiful World." Well, I think "Renegades of Funk" was one of their singles, right? Didn't yeah, that was really, that was their like, that was a single off this album. I yeah. feel like a lot of people might not even know that that's a cover. Yeah, probably. Uh, they do a Minor Threat cover in my eyes. Um, Cypress Hills, how could I just kill a man? As I mentioned, Bruce Springsteen. They do the Ghost of Tom Joad, which if you which, remember a couple yep. weeks ago, we talked about that album. Um, they do the Re- Rolling Stones, Street Fighting Man, and Maggie's Farm by Bob Dylan. Mm. Let me tell you, the Maggie's Farm by Bob Dylan. I love Bob Dylan. I love me some Bob Dylan. Yes. But Rage kills this you song. You pretty much like any cover of Bob Dylan better than Bob Dylan. 
Uh, even though you love Bob Dylan. Yeah. Cause you I, have pretty much said that. Yeah. Because what happens is, is like other people enunciate. <laughs> there's, there's that, but like, I mean, I love Bob Dylan, but yeah. he doesn't have the best voice in the world. So no. his voice isn't better than Jimi Hendrix. His voice okay, isn't. No. His voice isn't better than Zach De La Rocha. Like it, it, it's just. But he's Bob Dylan. But it's Bob Dylan. So it's like okay, it's fine. Yeah, you know, I've it's heard okay. I've heard a cover of uh, a guy I like um, doing a cover of him. It's it it just it doesn't matter who it is. Like if I like the artist and they do a cover of Bob Dylan, I'm probably gonna like him. Yeah, you know. Cool. What's um, next? So yeah. Uh, next up is uh, a band that I've talked about many numerous times on here, Project Eighty Six, um, an album they released called uh, called Sheep Among Wolves. Uh, it is crazy to me that this album came out six years ago. It was another crowdfunded album that they did, um, and it was it, it felt back. It felt like it got a little bit more back to what the roots of the band was, even though it didn't have any original band members other than the lead singer. Um, it, it felt more old school Project 86. It's a really good album. Cool. Um, I've mentioned The Chariot on here before. I reviewed them a couple weeks ago. Yep. Um, their, their EP, Unsung, came out, um, and that's 18 years old now. I, I, I just can't believe these, some of these albums are so You long. just can't. Like, I remember buying this album. I remember being in the. Were you wearing like Jenko jeans? No, <laughs> like I just remember buying this album, pulling it out of the cellophane, and putting it into my into my car. Like, I, like. Well, that's dating yourself right there, because we don't even have yeah. CD players anymore. But like, I can remember the sun was shining, like there was snow on the ground, and like I was in my car pulling this thing out of the cellophane and putting it into the CD player to hear it for the first time. Aren't those sort of little um, pops of memory funny? Like yeah. just little like shreds of seconds where you're like i remember this exact moment and yep. like i can feel myself sitting in my car and then it's over but it's just a second yep, yep. life is funny um the last what turned out to be the last album of original material from the Do notorious big in 1999 born again which this album was the one that had uh it starts with uh no no notorious oh i know that song yeah Faith Evans is on it. Um, uh, Little Kim is on it. Um, I'm fairly certain that Method Man shows up on it at some point. Um, I think Eminem's on it because I'm pretty sure that's where Dead Wrong is on, um, uh, which is one of my favorite songs of Biggie Smalls and Eminem. It's very violent, but it's one of my favorite songs that he ever did. Um, but yeah, Born Again, what a great... What a great album that that turned out to be, and it was all the stuff that he had not... He had done a lot of stuff in the studio and not completed the stuff yet, so they had some other people come in and help finish the songs to where they could be complete songs. Um, but really cool. Cool. Um, from 1976, Hotel California by the Eagles. That's Un a good album. Unbelievable. There's a lot of stuff on this album. Yes. Yes. Um, it's, it's just unbelievable to me that that's 47 years old, 47, like how, how is that 47 years old? And we know it all. Yeah. Like life like, is a fast lane. That's so crazy and how music can just transcend some of that music from back in the day. Like it's just... 
Like, if we had kids, they would know this album. Yeah. Like, that would just be part of their lives. Yeah. And that would be transcending into another generation. Yeah. I just can't even. I can't like every time I think of the Eagles, I think of riding in the car with my mom. My mom is a huge Eagles fan, and I remember being a kid listening to the Eagles all the time. Life in the Fast Lane was one of the songs that my mom loves a lot, and she'd put on. Um, you know, it, I used to tell my mom, "Witchy Woman" was written for her. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, um, but yeah, forty-seven years old, man, like that is nuts. That's nuts. This album's older than I am, and I feel like it's just... It's, not for long. It's been a part of my life. Just kidding. That's you know, my whole school. life. It's been a part of my whole life. Yeah. You know, it's cool. Um, a band uh, that I like that Jess doesn't totally like that I really wish she had listened to this week and given this album a chance. Uh, this is War by 30 Seconds to Mars. I don't like Jared Leto and his douchiness. <laughs> Thank you. Cut your hair. So uh, for this album, they did a thing. If you look it up on Wikipedia, you can uh, you can read about it, and they got links uh, to articles that talk more about it. But they did this thing called the Seattle Summit. So they had uh, from their fan club, they allowed I believe I believe it's like two hundred and fifty fans to come into a, 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 a theater and record stuff. And they directed them on how to what you know what to sing and stuff like that to be on the album to sing mm. parts in every single song on the album. It's very cool. Um, there's so like it ha- the album has a live feel to it without being live, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, but then when Jared and I went and saw them live, it made it even better because we knew exactly what parts were ours, and it. We felt like we were part of the band, which was pretty cool. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yeah, man. Uh, fantastic. I recommend this album, especially if you're driving down an interstate at nighttime going 70-something miles an hour. Throw this album on. It's perfect. Absolutely perfect for it. Cool. Um, uh, an artist that I have uh, liked for a very long time that I will continue to follow for the rest of my days, Chris Thiele released his sixth album, uh, Thanks for Listening which was literally just like a thank you to all of his friends and family that have given him the career that he's had. He called it Thanks for Listening and and recorded 10 songs that was just for, you know, for us. Well, we saw him in the Punch Brothers last year, yep. last December. Yep. He's great. Oh, uh, he's man, there he has got a stage presence that is just uh unmistakable and you could not duplicate that if you tried last year we had a lot of variety in the type of concerts we went to next year it's not looking like that much (laughs) no no it's not no it's not um hoobastank the reason i love 20 years old hoobastank like listening to incubus last week and writing my incubus review like incubus hoobastank lincoln park like yeah man just close my eyes and I've got a chain on my jeans and like <laughs> ready. Got my concert ticket in my hand, ready to walk into like Kobo. Like, yeah, man, it's that holdover from the nineties alternative. It's yep. that, it's that section of music that was really, really, really good. Yeah. And this Hoobasank album was fantastic. Yep. Um, man, they just, they had, they had a lot of energy at this time. I wish I had seen them during this time. Yeah. I, never, I never got to see them live. I saw a lot of bands that were touring with them, but I never saw them. Um, uh, two artists that we talk about a lot on this podcast, uh, one being Zayo. They released the Well-Intentioned Virus. 
which I, I can't believe that that's seven years old. It's their 10th album. Um, man, just even the artwork for this album is brilliant, um, which they turned into a poster, which is really cool that you can buy. Uh, but this album, if if you like your metal dark and you like the themes dark, you like the lyrics to be that way, um, and you like for uh, the metal to be very heavy, Zayo is your band. Give Zayo a try. It's so worth it. Um, I, I find His description is accurate. I find listening to Zayo to be therapeutic for me. Um, I can put on any of their albums, and it it's it's therapeutic. It's fantastic. I, I, I love Dan's voice, the way he screams. It's like one of the coolest things in metal. Um, so I hope to get to see them next year. I hope they come back here because they came here, but we were we were gone on our honeymoon when they came back to Detroit this year. And you so. saw we saw them last last summer. Yeah, we did yeah. see them last year. Cool. Um, and then the final album is Evermore by Taylor Swift. Excellent. Yeah, so. I still like Folklore. Folklore is my favorite Taylor Swift album. Evermore is my favorite. Yeah. Cowboy Like Me. Oh, Ivy. my gosh. Cowboy Like Me was on a loop in this. Uh, you don't often get fixated on one song like I do. Yeah. But you were fixated uh, on that. And Ivy? Man. I mean, I don't get me wrong. Evermore is number two. It is a close, as close of a second as you can be to first is evermore to folklore but you know um i got i gotta pull up the lyrics i'm looking right now i gotta pull the lyrics up um because there is a song on here that is just on evermore yeah what Um, song it's ivy oh okay um i need to pull up the lyrics give me just a second i'm sure yeah it's a great album i also really like um evermore i just i don't know i think it also had to do with folklore being like wow when folklore came out it was just so different than what she had done and i was just like wow she has just rocketed to something to a whole new level for me and i was glad that evermore was a follow-up to that i had hoped midnights would be as well but midnights is more her going back to more pop. I think it's still a grown-up pop. It's not like it's, you know, White Horse or anything like that. But Yeah. And and Midnight's grows on me. I, I go yeah. through times where I don't I, not like it. Yeah. There's there's times where I got to hear Lavender. Yeah. I got to hear it. Yeah. Like, I, it's just in my head. I yeah. wake up and it'll be in my head. Um, so, uh, lyrics, uh, pre-chorus. Um and the old window goes to the stone every day, but I don't. And just sit there and wait, grieving for the living. Here's the chorus. And this, man, this this chorus is so, so cool. Um, it says, oh, God damn, my pain fits in the palm of your freezing hand, taking mine, but it's been promised to another. Oh, I can't. Stop putting your roots in my dreamland, my house of stone, your ivy grows, and now I'm covered in you. Mm. Stop putting your roots in my dreamland, my house of stone, your ivy grows, and now I'm covered in you. That is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I mean... I don't like I would put that those three lines of lyrics up against anything else she's ever written and I would say that that's probably one of the most beautiful lines I've ever heard yeah. come out of her mouth. It's so brilliant, man. Well, I'm very interested to see what she does next. Oh, I I can't wait. Like I'll be getting it. 
Cool. That was a good variety of album anniversaries. Yep. So what? We got a few minutes left. We'll round off this episode with uh, some movies that we've watched. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. We hadn't talked movies we actually in a while. So. In a while because we watched an entire month's worth of scary movies. So there really wasn't much <laughs> yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we got a few movies to touch base on. Really quick, we watched a movie called The Incredible Jessica James. Yes. It came out in 2017. We watched it on Netflix. It's hilarious. So it stars <laughs> Jessica Williams as Jessica James. Um, we talked about the show Shrinking not too long ago with um, Harrison Ford and Jason Segel, and also Jessica Williams is on it. So if yes. you've watched that, it stars her. And Chris O'Dowd is the male lead. And Lakeith Stanfield. Yes. So it's fantastic. It's hilarious. She's an aspiring playwright. She lives in New York. She's super wacky about relationships. She's coming off of one. So is Chris O'Dowd. They strike up some sort of friendship relation. I don't know what it is, but it's their yep. just like wacky interactions. And she's very blunt. She's very to the point. If you watched Shrinking, Jessica James is very much like her character in Shrinking. Yeah. So my thinking is that that's a lot of Jessica Williams. And she puts a lot of herself into her characters or a lot of her comedy. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Highly recommend it. I think anyone will enjoy it. Highly rec. I would especially say like as a woman, like I highly recommend the movie, but I know Steven loved it as well. Oh, it was great. Her chemistry with Chris O'Dowd on screen was fantastic. Yeah. And right. I love Chris O'Dowd. He's super um, unassuming. And hilarious. IT he's, crowd. He's sort of like <laughs> that dopey, like, he's he's like that nerd that the girls actually end up with. Yep. As opposed to, like, the jock that they start off with. Yep. And yeah. So I'm sort of married to Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean he starred in the IT crowd. Yeah. And he's, he's brilliant in that. And Which I'm, I always thought when I came across it on Netflix was called the IT crowd. Yeah. It's the IT crowd. <laughs> Uh, and and I've followed him ever since then. He's fantastic. So, so I but feel in like this, he was great. Right? I'm married to the Chris O'Dowd with a Southern accent. <laughs> Anywho, so what movie next? Uh, next up, we had The Menu, which was another m- movie that you picked with Ralph Fiennes, Anna Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, uh, Hong, Hong Chow. A lot of people. John Leguizamo was in it. Yeah, yeah. Judith Light. Yeah, um, it's uh, a it's a big cast. It's about this group of people who travel to an island for a very fancy restaurant dining experience, and Ralph Fiennes is their chef. Yes, and what else does he have for them on the menu? Dum dum dum. It is fantastic. It yeah, is all crazy. about like psychology. It's all about classes, elitism, um, just entitlement. It is fantastic. It is just timely for yeah. the world that we live in. Yeah. It's also It is a th- it is a thriller, it is suspense, it is thought-provoking. Yeah, there's also a bit of uh naivete yes. a- amongst several of the characters and I'm just like, "Oh my gosh." And not even so much naivete, but that like elitism, that like um we're so much better that nothing bad could happen to us. Like you wouldn't dare do anything to us because we're so much better than you. We wouldn't even Ugh. fathom the idea. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Oof. Totally, totally recommend it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yes. I... It's called the menu. We watched that on HBO. Yep. Or a max. 
Apologies. Yeah, we watched it on the Max. Whatever. It, the whatever kids it, are, I think the kids call it the Max these Whatever days. it wants to be called. <laughs> uh, what else do we have? Um, one of your picks, Friday Night Lights. Okay, so everybody that watches sports movies and enjoys sports movies always says, so-and-so, this is the greatest sports movie ever. This is the greatest sports movie ever. Blah, 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 blah. I have... I have to break it up into categories for the sport. I have to look at the sport, oh, and I have to would. say things like Hoosiers is the greatest basketball movie ever. 100%. Um, I have to look at baseball is is a harder one. I always say The Sandlot. There's people that say Field of Dreams. There's people that say Field Rookie of the Year. Those people are crazy. Who uh, says that? <laughs> kind of psychopath says Rookie of the Year. Why don't they just um, say Little Big League and get it over with? Um, there's uh, when you talk about uh, movies for football. There's people that say Remember the Titans. There's people that That's say right. Little uh, Little Giants. Um, there's people that say Rudy. Uh, Rudy, which is the dumbest football. Football movie ever. What do you say for football, Stephen? Friday Night Lights. I had never seen it. it. Came out almost twenty years ago, thirty years ago. Yeah, pretty close. Wait, yeah, twenty uh, years ago. It came out 20. in two thousand and four, nineteen yeah. years ago. Yeah. So I had never seen it before. Um, oh, it made me mad. There was a a moment in the movie where I proclaimed that I hated it. Yep. Um, but it was good. It was a good movie. It, you can tell... It's based on a true story. It's based on a true story, and it takes place in the 80s. Yep. You can tell it takes place in the 80s. Um, as much as I complain about how things are, you can see that we have come farther in certain ways of how things are done. Yeah. Because there were things that happened that like angered me so much, and I'm like, this would not have happened like this today. Yeah. Um, but it was good. Yep. The cast, the cast was fantastic. Uh, Peter Berg's style of directing made it feel like you were watching something from the eighties. I like Peter Berg. I think he's underrated in everything he does. Shout out to Aspen Extreme. <laughs> um, um, but Billy Bob Thornton was great, and I'll let Stephen talk about it because it's one of his favorite. The only thing I will say is I did really like it. And I liked the way it was filmed. It was filmed, like you said, like it was in the 80s. It had a grit to it. Yeah. And I liked that. Um, like Jay, it was like an NYPD blue grit. Yeah. Jay Hernandez, Lucas Black, Derek Luke, Garrett Hug, uh, Hedgeland, uh, Lee Thompson Young, Tim McGraw, Connie Britton, which Connie Britton actually plays the coach's wife in the movie and in the TV series, um, which the TV series, they change the names and stuff. Uh, Amber Heard makes a small cameo, you which don't, I no, to it, totally even forgot that she was there and you, didn't I even recognize no, her. No, I only knew it was her because I looked at IMDb. Yeah, um, but I, it, Billy Bob Thornton. This movie is the best football movie ever. No question. The heart in this movie, uh, you care for the for the players. You care for what they're trying to do. You care about the coach. And it doesn't take long for you to connect to them and actually care about what they're trying to do. Um, it is, I mean, uh, like, it's just, it's just done so well. If you like football and you like that feeling of football in the air, that season of football that we're in right now, of watching college football in, the, in real life and watching pro football, watching like that kind of stuff, and you like that beginning of that season with fall, 
Friday Night Lights is the movie. Every single time that we come into fall and it hits end of August, the beginning of September, I either want to start watching the Friday Night Lights TV show or I want to rewatch the movie because I get that feeling and it's nostalgia. Yeah, you've been but wanting it feels to feels great. You've been wanting me to watch it for a while. This movie is fantastic beginning to end. Yeah, I would recommend it. Like, so far, I would say all the three uh, movies that we've talked about, I would recommend all of them. All right. Uh, What's next? Next up is a movie that you picked, uh, The Greatest Beer Run Ever, which I had no idea what this was. I thought it was going to be some weird old traipsy like road trip type movie with a bunch of people trying to take beer across the country or something. I had no idea what we were getting into. I didn't know some of the cameos of people that were going to show up. I just knew it was Zac Efron. This movie was fantastic. This movie is based on a true story. Um, It's based on a story of a guy from New York in 1967 who was a merchant marine, and he is not in the Vietnam War, but a bunch of the buddies in his neighborhood are. And they're at the bar one day, and they're talking about what if they could give their friends a beer. And he gets this idea in his head to bring beer from the bar in a giant duffel bag to Vietnam to drop off to his friends from the neighborhood. And it sounds ridiculous, and it is. And it is an amazing movie because this guy is, he's a nice guy, but he's sort of a naive guy in a lot of ways. And what he sees and what he experiences and the way they tell the story of the Vietnam War and the way they tell this stuff through this guy's eyes and the experiences, like, Honestly, this movie was fantastic. Like, I want to read the book that the that the actual guy wrote. The memoir or whatever. Yeah. Um, the guy's name is Chicky Donahue. And I want to yep. actually, like, read his book because it. I, I'm just so interested in this. This was, it's a story about the Vietnam War. Yes, it's set there, but it's, it's more like a character-driven story about something that happens adjacent to the Vietnam War and just people's experiences and seeing the different sides of the protesters and the people, you know, supporting the soldiers and that concept of that first real concept of we support the soldiers even if we don't support the war and how people didn't truly understand that and all of that kind of stuff while having humor, while having some ridiculousness, while hitting you in the feels you didn't even realize until you were crying. Well, me anyway. Yeah. And I think that Zac Efron was fantastic. There's a, there's a moment in the movie um, where he's talking to somebody over in Vietnam and um, he's talking to one of the soldiers and the guy is like, um, he's like, he, Chicky asks him, he's like, well, when's your tour over? When do you get to go home? And he's like, I'm on my third tour. He's like, I've already been home. He's like, but I didn't feel welcome there. That And like that is so sad because it's so true. Yeah. There's so many people. They didn't ask to go to war. They didn't ask to fight this crazy war. Yep. And they come back and this is how they're treated. Yep. That and that is, that's probably it's a it's a. We could do a whole separate podcast on it, but there's the whole thing of the baby boomers and how they came back and everybody treated them like heroes and everything for winning World War Two, and 
then the, you look at the the people that came back from Vietnam and they treated them like they killed children. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all they did. And this movie, the Vietnam War, is one of the biggest tragedies of our country. Yep. And this movie has a little bit of commentary about that, giving you something different than what you would get from the media or from from you know talking with your friends over people's opinions it's based on this guy's actual experience of being over there and seeing what he saw through his eyes and while not overtly throwing yes much political agenda at you no i mean the mo- i don't think at all i no, think yes sure. it leans one way and i think that at the end of the day how can anyone lean a different way after so much you know so much time and so much anything but that it, but it's not a political movie. It's not. It's a. It, I think it's just a movie about your yourself and seeing things, seeing things firsthand and having realizations about things and having realizations that things are more complicated that you think or things are more complex than you think. And just because somebody tells you something, just because your government tells you something, doesn't mean that it's true. That you have to be able to think for yourself. And I think that that is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, this this movie, uh, it's funny. I, I, it I, is funny. I, I laugh at Zac Efron in this movie. He yeah, does some, he's, he's hilarious he, in this. He does some wacky stuff. And I don't know how in the world, because like in today's society, there's no way he could have done what he did. I still, I still find it hard to believe that this actually happened. Like I... I don't hundred percent believe it to the at the end of the day because yeah. one, how did this guy even do? Why would this guy even think this is a good idea? Yeah, why did he think it was a good idea? Who how knows? is someone but, this dumb? Yes, that they did this. Um, and I will say, uh, at the end of the movie, they show a picture of the real Chicky, and and Zac Efron, and it's like, wow, he look he looked like him. Yeah. Like, it's really, really cool. Like, he actually went to the trouble to, not, not the trouble, but he actually dove in and, like, got the haircut right, the the mustache yeah. right. Like, got everything right to look like this guy, man. They they cast this movie well. Yeah. Um. Also, shout out to Russell Crowe for seeing him do something different that I didn't expect him yeah. to do. He was fantastic as well. Yeah. Um, and like I said, like, I think it's it's about, it's more a movie about, like, humanity. And I think it there isn't. It's not like a political agenda. It's not like an anti-Vietnam. It's just a movie about that time. It's just it. Yeah. It's an and, interesting commentary on on what where the was it uh, where was the bar was it in New, New York? York New York Yeah. It's an interesting commentary on that too. Yeah. On the way, uh, like how they were like because uh, like Bill Murray shows up in the movie as a bartender, but he's also a former colonel in the military. And his his opinion and his comment coming off of what his experience in in World War Two, yeah, and, and how different that yeah. is to now. Just the whole thing, like I, it's a and it's a good movie and it's funny and yeah, the cast is cool, good, and it's just I I don't know, I highly recommend it. I think Zac Efron is going to really have a hell of a career ride. And I look forward to seeing his um, next movie, um, the wrestling one. Oh, man. The the movie that is going to be uh, arguably one of the, uh, probably one of the better movies we'll see this year will probably be What's The, Iron, be? Claw, the yeah. Iron Claw with him. And, yep, I just hit the microphone. That wasn't me. That the was woman who's not even allowed to breathe at the beginning of an episode <laughs> is not the one that just bumped the mic. Also... Paul uh, Adelstein, 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 
Adelstein, he's in the menu and he's in the greatest beer run ever. He's in both. Yeah, he's in a lot. I just saw that because I I got this up on my screen and I saw them both, and I I, I, he's in both. Um, Anyway, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Oh, and also uh, the guy who plays uh, Leary, Hal uh, Cumston, he's funny, man. When he shows up, he's got a nice. A uh, little bit part in in the greatest beer run ever, and I I like him when he shows up and stuff. Like it's not a he's never in like a huge part in a movie or anything. It's always just a small bit part, but it's always enjoyable. I like seeing him when he shows up. Cool. I never remember his name, but I always remember his face, and I'm like, oh, this guy, this will be good. Nice. So, but yeah, a cool. lot of cool. Let stuff. us know if you watch any. Let us know if you got any movie recommendations for us. We're trickling a few Christmas movies here and there. We watched from last week, but we'll compile a few and uh, yeah. we'll talk about them in a later episode. So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, WordPress. If we can just say 918gmail.com. We'll have a couple blog posts coming out this week of our album reviews. We appreciate you guys taking a look at those. Those have been doing pretty good. So we are grateful for that. We've loved some feedback on that. Like, listen, subscribe, share, tell your friends. Thank you. Yeah, and if you got some tattoos that you like, throw them up on our post uh, and, and show me your tattoos. Yeah, so, perfect. I believe that's all we can say this week. Bye, y'all. Testing one, two, seven. Okay, well, three, five, four. You hillbillies one, two, don't know how to count. Twenty-five, forty-seven. Oh, you're an embarrassment. Hundred and eight. You're a representative of this four, embarrassment. Point three. One, two. You're an embarrassment. You're a representative of this embarrassment. Crap. <laughs> you bet, dude, man. <laughs> I forgot my coffee.